I think where we got to last week was that Katorian had a bit of a bit of a bad dream. Yes. You dreamt that you had murdered a prostitute in Grossman's apartment. That was a ho- horrific dream. It was like a John Malkovich thing where <laughs> you I stepped into his body or whatever. When you looked down, it, they were your hands. They weren't his wrinkled, oh. horrible hands. No, no, okay. this was you, yourself. Maybe you're maybe being surrounded by all this monstrosity is getting to you, the idea of having eaten the flesh and all of these things. But first thing we will do is everyone can make a luck roll and get a luck refresh. Because I am a kind and benevolent GM. So if you fail, you roll 2d10 plus 10. And what, what, what do I do with this 18? Uh, you add it to your luck. <gasps> I'm so lucky! Now, the others who passed, you only get a d10 plus 5. I see. It sort of levels the playing field a little bit. So d10 plus 5. Yeah, so you get 10 and Henry gets 7. 77 luck is pretty damn good. Yeah, so if we can recap, you found Anna, you spoke to her, you have, at least you understand that she believes that she is the Duchess Anastasia of Russia, even if maybe that is still open to question. And uh, then you were attacked by the... Um, a demon. Troudel. Oh, a demon. Yeah, a demon-possessed uh, maid, Troudel, who, um, who you punched out. What, a Troudel? Her name was Troudel. Oh. On questioning... And then on deeper insight from Safina's clairvoyance, you you found out that she had, in fact, been possessed, been taken over by some horrific demonic force. Interesting enough, if you recall, Anna Tchaikovsky or Shamkovska, whatever you want to call her, you decide. She said she cried out when she saw Traddle. Um, those eyes, those horrible eyes. And then, of course, you went back to uh, Prince Konstantinovich or Pietra Shabelsky Bork. There's way too many names in this, and there's way too many yes. double names, and they're all really hard to pronounce. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I think that's part of the confusion that this is trying to engender in all of us, not just you, but me as well. But you went back to Prince Konstantinovich, stroke Pietra, Sh- Sh- Peter Shabelsky Bork, um, gave him the information, or at least Safina and uh, Eckhart did. Uh, you got payment in the form of a £50 check, but strangely made out not from Prince Konstantinovich, but from... Aufbau Vereinigung, Construction Union. Which is very suspicious. Very suspicious. I have an idea that I know where that's coming. The prince is out to kill this lady. It seems like he either may be out to kill her or he may be out to kidnap her and use her, whatever. But um, I'm not particularly trusting Pyotr Shabelsky Bork or Prince Konstantinovich at their. I'm not taking him at his word. Although seemingly Baron von Kleist seems to trust him and was yes said he was you know part of their social circle and all of that kind of thing. So okay, now there's one other thing, Safina. You don't have a bad dream, but you have a troubled night. You you wake up feeling not very well rested, and you need to make a power roll. I have a bonus on those. Wow, twenty-eight. Wow. Okay, so I'm going to be making a roll as well, and I will not tell you the outcome of that roll. Okay. Um, so, just make a note. Actually, where, where were you sleeping, Safina? Are you, are, have you taken up Katorian's offer of the back room at the, the cafe? Uh-uh, no, I'm still in the alley. <laughs> just... Maybe you pick up some of the stale bread from outside the back of the bakery that they dumped us early in the morning. Free bread? Only a day old. 
<laughs> uh, so you fort- you fortify yourself there, and uh, it is now the twenty third of June. It's another warm day. I guess it takes the edge off sleeping rough. I mean, the night time temperature only goes down to about fifteen centigrade. Or Katorian, I guess you're at your apartment. Is it over the cafe? Do you live there as well? well I probably found a slightly quieter spot very close by because that's like supposed to be like a busy intersection that I that I and Eckhart I guess you have maybe a a simple apartment somewhere yeah I in a cheap part of town where is Sophie's I had imagined it was sort of my local haunt so like I wouldn't live too far away but if it's in a super nice neighborhood then well it's Mitte which is a very busy neighborhood it's like a downtown neighborhood yeah it's like the center of town basically um so I probably live in a, like, shitty run-down flat, like, right in Do any of you get the morning paper? I probably pick some up when somebody discards it on the street. That happens. I guess, Katorian, you probably do get the paper delivered. Probably. First thing in the morning, I go down and go to the cafe. My apartment is very shitty, and I don't stay there. So I, like, get up and go out and, like, go read the paper and drink coffee or something. This is all happening simultaneously. You, you get your paper delivered, Katorian. Eckhard, you're going down to get the coffee in the paper. Safina, you're picking up a discarded paper next to the newspaper stand. And there are a couple of rather interesting articles in today's paper. The first, you will be pleased to know, you're not famous by name, but famous by act. It's called Disturbance in Charlottenburg. Readers of this paper may recall our report of one Anna Tchaikovsky, currently in residence at the home of Baron Arta von Kleist, Karmenstrasse 11, Charlottenburg. Everyone knows now. <laughs> Everyone knows now. Well, I mean, this is the second report. Um, yeah, sc- yeah. Scandalous as it is, it is our sad duty to report that Fraulein Tchaikovsky was this past evening attacked in her residence by a servant of the Baron's household. The maid, who has subsequently been dismissed, came at Fraulein Tchaikovsky with a knife, but was fended off by friendlier hands present at the time. So you're famous. Fraulein Tchaikovsky is reported to be uninjured but quite rattled, as is understandable given the circumstances. We're heroes, but they'll never know. <laughs> my reaction is I'm glad they don't didn't print my name. I'm annoyed. Also, someone in the Baron's house is like selling his secrets to the paper and uh, so disappointed and annoyed, yeah, a little bit. This guy's an idiot. Information to me is wealth. And I pride myself on knowing as much as possible about anything that's relevant, that I might find relevant. But I don't like people knowing anything that I've done. It annoys me. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't have my name, at least. But then, a little bit further down the page, it's something that isn't quite as cheering. Oh. There's a second article rather dramatically titled Death Stalks Berlin and it says police have reported three separate murders in and around the Friedrichshain neighborhood in the last 24 hours one body that of a woman known only to locals as Lulu uh, wasn't that one of the prostitutes we spoke to yes was found by students of the Andreas Gymnasium school at Kroppenstrasse 76 up amongst the branches of a tree. Jesus. Ooh. If we didn't know better, we would say she climbed the tree to escape a wild animal but was pursued and torn apart up there, one of the officers informed our reporter. We now must ask, 
Is there a bear in Berlin? Bear is the symbol of Berlin. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there must have been lots of bears around there at one point, but I don't think in the 1930s. Anyway, here. Two other bodies were pulled from the Spray River. Inspector mm. Krieg of the criminal police has refused to comment on the ongoing case, but notes that both women were far too mangled to make a positive identification at this time. Reports of missing persons in the Friedrichshain district will be forwarded to Inspector Krieg while the case remains open, but many of the residents are unregistered immigrants and there seems little hope that these ladies unknown will be identified anytime soon. What did Lulu tell us? Was she the one who told us that she saw him and the blonde going to his house? She was the one that actually went with Grossman to his garden colony and still has the scars to prove it. Oh. Right. And she pointed us to the cabaret with a naked girl with the ape. But clearly, this is disturbing news. Lulu was someone you spoke to just, well. So when I see this, I would probably head for Sophie's if that's not already where I was going. Yeah, I'll go with So you convene mm -hmm. maybe a little bit after 10 a.m. at Sophie's. I guess you have your own owner's booth or something. or Yeah, of course I do. I have a little booth in the corner that's behind, that's like a little further away from the street by the bar that you kind of have to pass me to go into the back room where the secret deals are made and or room by the 15 minute rate. I like to think it's a slightly raised up on a little, you have to step up a couple of steps to get to it. So you've got like a perfect view of everything. Exactly. Safina and Eckhart, you go in and, and Katorian is there reading the paper, possibly with a, with a pensive expression on his face. Uninvited, I slide into the booth. And I'm huge, so I sort of... And I say, I think someone's covering their tracks. I tend to agree. If we can uncover some of these tracks. No, but you know what that means, right? We're tracks. And if we don't want to get covered... We better watch out. I tend to agree. These, I don't believe, involve any people on the street. I actually would like to investigate if anybody street level would have any knowledge of the stiffs and ear to the ground kind of stuff from my normal sources. But to Eckhart, I say, I believe that if this was street level activities, that I probably would have gotten word of it by now. Right now, I know as much as you do, and that suggests to me that there's an organization at play that's beyond common street-level administration of prostitution and gambling and, and narcotics. No, I think this is some kind of political mess where, you know, I mean, obviously, she's the grand duchess of whatever. So these Russians connected to labor unions in Berlin, I mean, anyway, whoever they are, Anti-monarchists. It's possible, but on the contrary, the Baron is a monarchist. The Baron's a monarchist. We know he's not trying to kill uh, Safina because he's protecting her. Right. If he was... But, here's my theory. The man we met is not Prince Constantine. He's impersonating him. I agree. And so when we ask the Baron about Prince Constantine, he says, Oh yeah, Prince Constantine, good friend of mine. What he doesn't know is that we're interacting with an imposter. So maybe we should make a sketch of the one we have been interacting with and ask and ask the baron if this is prince constantine we already we already have actually you already did that with my brilliant idea 
I may, may not have made it clear. The Baron hasn't met Konstantinovich personally before. I think we thought of that before and then found that out. And we were like, oh, okay. But maybe others would know him. I mean, if he's someone important in the Russian community, maybe there are other Russians that you could ask about who, who would know Konstantinovich. Or even an official portrait. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a matchmaker. The other thing, you made a knowledge roll last week at Kart, and you know that if you go to the Neustadt House, the city's administration building, you can find out about registered unions and companies and if you want to investigate that thread. Okay. So we've got verify the identity of the men that, that purporting to be Prince Konstantinovich. Yes. We've got follow up on the money trail of uh, where we're being paid from. We want to know what this construction union is connected to. Either one of those tips our hand to Konstantinovich or whoever he is that we are not playing his game anymore. And then we might get murdered. Whoever he is, I rather want him as an asset, or at least having him believe that I am his asset. But what's our end game here? Let's just we we can just take his money and Yes, no, we could take his money. But the thing is, is that I am for one, I like to know when I'm being played as a pawn, especially to something that, that might not work out well in my favor, and I'm as concerned that the prince slash Mr. Bork are involved in national socialism, which involves violent gangs in, in this neighborhood sometimes. Generally speaking, obviously the Bolsheviks are opponents of the monarchists, but so are nationalists. So while you're discussing this, you can't help but overhear a rather animated conversation coming from one of the tables near you. There are two men there, they've got the paper out, and he seems to be reading that same article about Death Stalks Berlin, and he's stabbing at it with his finger, and he's saying, This Krieg, uh, he doesn't know what's going on. Haven't you heard the rumors? And the other guy goes, What, no, no, it's crazy stuff? He says, Yeah, no, it's true. I heard from a cyclonet driver. They saw a uh, Scheusel just walking down the street, down the Kudam. A Scheusel, says the other one. Ah, don't talk nonsense. That's just the fairy stories. Do we know what a shreisel is? <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. You do. Yeah. A shois shoisel means ogre. Oh. We saw an ogre walking down the street with green skin, green skin and warts and everything. This is like the best campaign ever. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> Nazis and ogres. And I'm thoroughly enjoying this. And a woman torn apart by a wild animal in a tree. In a tree? Sounds like an ogre to me. Your ears prick up when you hear this, and, and the first yeah. one is saying, Yeah, th there are rumors all over the city that these, these monsters are appearing just overnight. Last night, the last 24 hours, they stalk the streets. No one is safe. And uh, this Krieg guy, Inspector Krieg, he's covering it up. They're pretending it's some kind of lust mort. No, 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 no. There are monsters in Berlin. Just you mark my words. They're trying to cover it up so the people don't panic. But this Krieg, he knows more than he's saying. And the other one's kind of nodding sagely, saying, Yeah, yeah, Conrad, I, I think you are right. So these are like old Berliner guys? Yeah, old, old Berliner, Berliner guys. Germans. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one says, And I heard a rumor that someone who witnessed it went home 
and immediately afterwards killed his wife and daughter in cold blood. Can you imagine? They're looking around to maybe try and order some brandy to put in their coffees after discussing these terrifying uh, rumours that are flying around. I wave Schneider over to them. He goes over and attends to them, pours them some brandy. So that rather changes the tone of things a bit. Mm -hmm. It could be just crazy rumours. These things often are, but uh, yeah. Some big ugly brute, no doubt, combined with one too many uh, schnapps of a night. Of course, yeah. (laughs) So, they seem to be uh, implying there's a police cover-up going on. And maybe you you overhear other people in the cafe having similar conversations. It seems like this is is spreading like wildfire, these rumours of a police cover-up, basically monsters stalking the streets of Berlin. You know how quickly these things can spread. No kidding. What viscerally struck me was the story of, of the woman torn apart by a wild animal in a tree. If you wanted to follow up on that, you've got the address of the school where the witnesses were. That was the prostitute that we talked to. That was Lulu. Yes. At the Andreas Gymnasium in Koppenstrasse. That's definitely something we're doing. Wait, what? Maybe we wait and do that like closer tonight when all of her uh, colleagues are, are on the street. Although the witnesses were students at the school. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, no. We have to go during the day. We have to go during the day. Yeah. Okay. You want to do that? Yeah. Let's do that. Don't you think that bears a little bit of looking into? <laughs> it probably was a bear, yeah. you know. Just it was, yeah. It's easy to mistake. And and le- and leaves it and leaves her body up in the tree right after we talk to her. Yeah. So everyone can make an education role at this point. Be educated, it's because I didn't go to a traditional school. I I learned on the streets. I learn every day. Yeah, that is true. And this is your street knowledge paying off because um, yeah. Maybe Koppenstrasse isn't isn't such a well-known street, but you suddenly realise, and this course might be just a coincidence, but the Andreas Gymnasium mm-hmm. is only one block away from Grossman's apartment. Oh, yeah, interesting. And one block east of Andreas Platz. It could, of course, just be a coincidence, of course. Yeah. All of these things happened in, like, a three-block radius? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hmm. <laughs> There's a story about someone going and killing their wife and family after uh, seeing this ogre thing, right? Mm-hmm. You think that could have been what happened to Grossman? Maybe he was just a whoremonger, and then he saw this thing and then started killing the people closest to him. Is that crazy? I've heard of crazier. He's covering tracks, right? Speculation, anyway. We'll see what we find out. It's just speculation, really. Okay, so you head down there, you approach the school. Yes. Maybe it's um, lunchtime, so there's quite a few children hanging around. This is a secondary school, so they're they're probably, yeah. you know, 11 to 17 range. And there's a few children hanging around outside, maybe, you know, mid-teens. Okay. This will be fun. Three weirdos going to approach. <laughs> we're going to talk to the kiddies, and we're wearing coats. They're teenagers, they're not children, right? Like middle school, high school. This is not going to go well. Who's got the best bedside manner, so to speak? Not bedside manner, that sounds terrible. <laughs> bedside manner. Who is the least threatening of you? Eckhart. Maybe? 
I think is, well, but he's big and scary. I'm pretty unthreatening, but I'm weird. I'm a, probably the most charming and the most threatening at the same time. <laughs> right. You've got this kind of charming, but with an incipient threat of violence. But maybe Safina, being smaller and female, you probably have a better chance of not panicking them. Babies? Uh, what am I trying to find out? Well, they, this is where the Lulu's murdered body was found, just in the yard. In fact, you can see... I'm going to just go up to a bunch of kids and ask them about... No, of course not. Of course not. You can actually see the tree probably where it happened because it's taped off it's got like a police like tape around it if they even had stuff like that back then but maybe it's got some kind of indication that was the tree it's a large oak tree in the corner of the yard of the schoolyard i think we should just go we should not talk to any kids i'm gonna do that i will go beeline for the tree you have to remember it in 1920s just coming approaching a kid was not nearly the stigma that it is now they're not going to have any insight. What makes you think they were even there? Three students found the body. I want to see what they saw or what they had to say. How many students did you say there are there now? Oh, there's a handful, maybe half a dozen sitting outside, maybe on a, on a low wall. Maybe some of them are eating their lunch and others are just chatting to each other. All right, I will approach. Hey, you kids. I have a question. They look up at you. I guess your long coat hides your, your ragged dress and, um, and your sockless shoes. And one of them looks up and says, Yeah, what do you want, miss? Wait, were any of you here when, when that happened? And then they gesture it over to the tree. They, they look at you and say, No, no, no. It was, uh, it was, it was Heidi and Claudia and, um, and uh, <laughs> Luisa. Heidi, Claudia, and Louisa, and where might Heidi, Claudi, Cla- Claudia, and Louisa be now? I just want to have a quick chat. Oh, they're on the other side of the yard there, he points, and you see these three girls, and they're kind of just sitting on a bench, looking, well, not looking entirely happy with <laughs> with the world. Thank you. And then I will make my way to Heidi, Claudia, and Louisa. Hey, girls, how are you doing? They look up at you nervously. They say... Are you, are you with the police? We're with, we're, we're investigating what happened. You could say that we sometimes work with the police. <laughs> they say, we, we told that, that Inspector Krieg everything we knew. Do you mind repeating it for, for my report? And I'm going to take out my sketch pad as if uh, I'm writing something official. And the one in the middle starts sobbing and says, I don't want to talk about it again. And the others put their arm around her and they try to comfort her. They all seem pretty traumatized, these three. Oh, it's okay. I, I will, I'll soften my voice and like sit down on the ground with them. Anything you can tell me could, could help us bring justice to the poor victim. You can make a persuade roll at this point, if you want. Don't have much of that. You're okay. Oh, no, I'm okay. Well, that's a fail. 22 luck. You could always push the roll. That would be your other option, or you could just, just assume. No, I think I'll, I'll just kibosh it. I think. They all seem too traumatized. I mean, the only thing you get out of them is, is, is maybe Claudia says, It was horrible. It was horrible. She was up there in the tree, and oh, oh, everything was hanging out of her. Oh, oh shit. And then she just shudders, and, and they all start crying. Okay. I'm going to head back over to the tree. So what I'd like to do is go up to the tree with my my sketch pad and like focus up 
Do I see blood on the tree? Because she said there was stuff hanging out, right? Yes. There are some dark stains. I'm going to put my fingers on the dark stains. And I'm going to use that blood to try to sketch out what happened mm. using my clairvoyance on, on this sheet of paper I have. What are the other two of you doing? Uh, probably just standing there. Watching in what would normally be disbelief, except that I've seen her go to work before, and her methods as unconventional as they as they might seem to work. So, I'm a pragmatist. I just, I say, okay, if it works, it works. And you're trying to draw the event that happened? Are you trying to draw the actual moment of, of the kill? Yeah, I'm going to try to draw the actual moment of the... the cutting her open the violence draw the moment of violence if you succeed on this and draw this it's gonna be the kind of thing that we're all gonna make a sanity check over i bet yeah that's okay excellent i accept this so you run your hands over the tree some of the blood is still it's not wet but it kind of can it still can stain your fingers yeah and then you get your sketch pad out and you start using the dried blood pigment yeah I'll probably like intersperse it with some charcoal because I don't think there's enough pigment to cover the whole page. Yeah. Probably not, but maybe even the moss or the bark of the tree can also yeah, help yeah. stain the page. Yeah, yeah. Okay, make a make a clairvoyance roll. Okay, do you want to make that a hard success by spending three luck? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I'm invested in this. So, you start to see the mists clear. Can you roll two twenty-sided dice? Me? Yeah. You start seeing and drawing at the same time, and you see Lulu, her platinum blonde hair flowing behind her, running, running. She runs into the schoolyard. She's screaming. She runs to the tree. She's trying to climb to get out of the way, to try and escape from whatever it is that's chasing her. And then you see something. It looks human initially, and then you realize that it's, it's not. Its flesh is sloughing off it in rotten chunks. You can almost smell the stench of rotting meat. It has five legs, human legs, as it scrambles towards her. The upper body is, is relatively normal, although its skin is sloughing away in huge chunks. And then it reaches up to Lulu, who's managed to get almost up to the first branch. It grabs her, and then it opens its hideous mouth. It has a multi-hinged mandibular jaw that opens wider and wider and it just bites into her and tears her innards out as she lives and dies in that moment and then it just consumes her pulling out organs and intestines and basically just flaying her and then leaving the remnants hanging up in the tree like some hideous Christmas ornament and uh, Grizzly yeah you are definitely going to have to make a sanity roll for seeing that Wow. I was ready for it. Sabina ain't shook. You're super hardened, and you only take one sanity point for, for that. But yeah, you've drawn this all out, and you can't even understand what it is you've drawn. Fleshy and rotten. Yeah, with a multi-hinged mandibular jaw. It's some kind of monster. I mean, Seuschel, or Ogre, in, in the German mythology, didn't really refer to a specific type of creature it could have meant meant like like in many folk folk tales it, it could mean pretty much anything really some big scary thing 
Yeah, basically. Something bad that lives in the wood and eats children, basically. But as you're completing it, a teacher comes out and goes, Hey! What are you doing? Get away from there! Just having a stroll. And I, I snap my sketchbook shut and I hustle over to my friends. He says, Inspector Krieg didn't say there'd be more police coming. What are you? Who are you? What are you doing? I'm a local artist, and I am inspired by all manner of things in nature. <laughs> that is depraved. Get away from here. Get away from these children. <laughs> <laughs> that is a depraved thing to say. I'm going in now. I'm going to call Inspector Krieg right away. He'll be after you. Just you watch out. I've got your descriptions. As he turns to look at the children, and he claps his hands. Children! Inside, get away from these degenerates. <laughs> uh, scaring children, yes. I'm gonna actually, before we go, walk up to him and say, uh, pardon me, sir, I, I uh, apologize for uh, my associate's eccentricity. He's like herding some of the kids in. If you if you speak to in Inspector Krieg, he will not be aware of us, but we are assisting in the investigation. Well, I don't know about that. It is a matter of state, and uh, if you choose to involve yourself, I cannot stop you. However, you might find it wise to not mention what you've seen today. And then I'll just turn around and leave. He says, oh, we'll see. Children, get inside. It's too hot to be out here anyway. <laughs> Do you want to show the picture to your friends? <laughs> or are you keeping that nicely hidden inside your sketch pad, Safina? Yeah, I will show it to them and tell them what I smelled and how it felt. Oh, God. Thanks. It felt rotten and smelled. And look! <laughs> you see this thing. Yeah, you're both going to have to make sanity rolls from hearing the description and seeing What did it. you, how did you describe the jaw? Mandibular. Mandibular? Multi-hinged. Like, it kind of opened and then it had like, like another, like, hinge in it. As well as the normal hinge. It's got, it had another hinge lower down where it opened up even further. So it opened like a crazy monster. Like, it opens and then opens again. Well, Eckhart, you only lose one. Torian, I need a sanity roll from you, sir. There it is. Oh, no. Oh. Tell me why the others are so capable of withstanding the, the horror of this. I've seen bodies blown apart and stuff like that. That's not it. it. It's just there's something about the primal nature of this that's horrifying to me. There could be a bit of like a malign paradigm shift. I thought I knew so much about this world. It feels like the more that we investigate this, the more we go down a rabbit hole of... It's way more awful than, than the uh, depravity of humanity that I've survived and come to profit off of. The banal horrors, yes. Yeah. Okay, well, roll me a d6 then. Okie dokie. Oh, boy. Ooh. That's a moment. There's definitely a moment coming, but there's, there's something you can do in Pulp. You can spend luck to mitigate sanity rolls. Yeah, you basically need to spend double the amount, so you'd need to spend 10 and it would reduce it by half, rounded up. So the reason for doing that, obviously, means you won't have a bout of madness, which is probably... Right. No, that's what I was thinking. So I have to so I have to, I have to, to spend 10 to bring it down to not a bout of... But upon seeing it, you involuntarily cry out, and your hard man image is somewhat... <laughs> right, right. Somewhat tarnished by that. <laughs> you hold your hands up to your face and let out a scream, and then you feel very embarrassed immediately afterwards. The papers. <laughs> so I've lost three sanity. Yes, you've lost three sanity. Okay. 
Katorian and mm. possibly Eckhart, but certainly Katorian. You've heard of Inspector Krieg before. Obviously, through underworld connections and just generally, you've heard of Krieg before. You've probably never run into him, but from what you understand, he's a bit of a hard case, mm-hmm. but pretty straight. He's not one of the cops on the payroll or anything like that. And he has a, a reputation as being hard but fair, a hard but fair cop. So he's somewhat incorruptible i would think yeah someone that you know maybe people tried to pay him off a couple of times and met with a pretty firm (laughs) refusal and and so he he's been you know left alone over the the last few years not no one's trying to get him on the payroll because that would be one thing i certainly love is the corruptibility of so many cops but yeah you know i guess my at this point as shaken as that left me feeling i'm like let's get out of here and i i I start the car just drive anywhere (laughs) okay you're in the car driving After a couple minutes, I'm like, uh, so where are we going? Um, I don't know. Just away. <laughs> he was just like, I'm gonna, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> Wanna go get a drink? Wanna do some hookah? Calm down? I think we should go back to the cafe and plan our next move. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely approve of that. That's, I'm in control there. Yeah, that's sort of what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. And when I get there, the first thing, unless I see something weird going on or somebody hails me, the very first thing I do is is I is I pour myself a stiff brandy. The radio is on, and it's your favorite song is playing, which uh, helps calm you down somewhat. There's the the money. Oh yes, that's very important. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, right. yeah. Let's cash the check. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm very intrigued by this check cashing culture. I've never done this before. <laughs> Not only because uh, of, um, you know, we should get our money, but because uh, I'm interested to see if it really cashes. What makes you think it would not cash? Because Konstantinovich has probably been less than truthful. Usually the most common reason that people, in my experience, have to lie is, is, is over money. And they're planning on betraying you. Yeah. Maybe we're never supposed to live to, to cash this check. That's true. We shall see. So you head to Deutsche Bank, of course. <laughs> Where else? Uh, you head to the bank, you cash the check, everything is fine. You, um, they ask you if you want the currency in pounds or in Deutschmarks want them in pounds yeah definitely pounds because it will be worth the same amount of money tomorrow it'll be worth more deutschmarks in 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 a week yeah every morning you get up the currency is worth less and less this morning you saw a boy you know carrying this huge bag full of uh one mark notes um just to go down to the grocers yeah he might have had to pay sixty thousand deutschmarks for some bread and jam or whatever exactly but everywhere you go you hear 
people whispering and talking about these terrible murders that are happening around the city. The tone seemed to have moved from one of, I suppose, salacious interest to one of somewhat of panic and of uh, fear. Because initially it was, you know, prostitute murder. That's something of almost morbid curiosity. Yeah. But now there's a genuine tone of panic in people as they're talking about it. And I suppose given what you've witnessed, that may well be justified. But yeah, you cash the check and it's fine. You get your pounds. It's amazing. How do I get more of these checks? You do work for wealthy people. So do you want to head to the Neue Stadthaus, the city's administration building? It's, it's in Alt Berlin, so it's not too far away. If it's the building that I'm thinking of, the Rotes Rathaus, it, that's famous. It's near uh, Alexanderplatz, which is on the east side of Mitte, like somewhere around number 10 or so. Okay, so you head there. And do any of you have a library use skill? 20? Is that 20 space, but... Um, library use is 65. Wow! Of course, you're a writer. Yes, of course. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone can make the role if they wish. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, Eckhart, well, you could spend luck on that if you want, but let's see what the others roll first. Way, way wrong. <laughs> nope. What are these? Books. Dewey Decimal System. Okay. Well, I will spend the luck. Spend, spending the luck. I'll say what that means is you, you found the right person who can point you towards it. There's a librarian, and she leads you over to the right place to look. And it's kind of public record, so you can't take this away. She's sort of standing at the back of the uh, small room that you're led to. So, what you find out just totally confirms your suspicions. The construction union it doesn't seem to be a union at all. It just seems to have that name because it's a private holding corporation registered to one Piotr Shabelsky Bork. Mm -hmm. And the address given for the group is none other than the Prince Konstantinovich's quarters at the Eden Hotel. Mm -hmm. So this whole thing seems to be a sham union, possibly for conveying monies from one. Yeah, it's like a shell corporation. Right. I got, I got you. So now we've taken money from... This is a private room, right? We're like closed off. The assistant was standing there watching you. Okay, well then I don't, I don't start talking. If... And she says, have you found everything you want? I think so. Yeah, I would also like to find out if there's like a, an occult section of the library that we may look up <laughs> things about. I forget what that kind of unhinging jaw thing. You know, some kind of book about legends and myths and creatures. She says, Legends and myths? Yeah. I have an interest in the occult, ma'am. And then she says, oh, you do, do you? And then she reaches out for some books. And then she holds her hands up. And you see something horrifying. What? Her fingers start to extend. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh. Her fingers start to extend towards you. My god! And suddenly her whole body starts erupting in extra eyes. She has suddenly 12 eyes that sprout, just pop, 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 pop. Candy! Sprout out of her face. She has additional two faces on the sides that start oh screaming. She grows a prehensile tail 
And you're all gonna have to make a sanity roll. Well, no shit. I am personally EE -E rolling one too. So that. Oh my god. Oh, thank god. Yeah. Oops. Oh my god. That's a big ass roll. Shit. Ooh. Almost a fumble. Well, maybe I do have a bout of sadness. God, that would have been something. All right, so Safina and Eckhart, again, you only take one. Oh my god. None of you are anywhere close. I mean, I guess the closest is Katorian. You'll still need to lose another nine sanity today. However, you do need to roll a d6 to see how much of that nine you do lose. What? But it's not just seeing this thing <laughs> that's the problem. As the librarian, or what was once the librarian, the mutated, horrifically mutated librarian lurches forward towards you. And I think you are all taken by surprise initially. Is there anyone else in this library? We're in a small reference room. Like an archive, where you might look for land books to see who owns uh, the, yeah. like the particular piece of property or whatever. And... Something's definitely after us. This is not good. Okay, yes, this two-foot-long prehensile tail bursts out the back of her skirt. Oh, shit. As she lunges forward with her, with her extra-long fingers to scrabble and scratch. And the first person, I guess, you were talking to her, Safina, so I think she's attacking you. So she lunges forward in a fairly unconvincing way. She doesn't seem particularly good at fighting. She, she just swipes at you. But neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> and she just misses completely. You are able to fight back if you want. Is there a heavy book? Can I take one and try to smack her in the face with it? I will do that. You pick up a really heavy book and try and smash smash her around the head with it. A roll of fighting brawl? Is that it? Uh, yeah. Wow! Hey! What is the damage for a book? I'll give you a d4 for an improvised weapon, so you can roll a, a d4 for the damage. Two damage. Here's how this is going to work when you're fighting this creature. Unless you specify, it would be attacking a random body part of it. So for that first round, we'll just, just roll a d20 and we'll tell you what body part you attack with this heavy book. Three. So you connect with this creature's right leg. So you've done two damage to this creature's leg. Your book just thwacks into the leg and the librarian just screams at you. All three mouths at the same time start screaming at you in, in anger. And next up, Eckhart, you can go next. This thing is just coming at Safina, seemingly trying to scrabble at her and, and maybe even get a bite in at some point. I'm gonna pull out my pistol and shoot this thing. And I can make three attacks, right? You can. You will get a penalty dice, but given that you're really close, you're at point blank range, that will cancel out, so you can make three regular attacks. Oh, nice. I was going to do it even with the penalty just because it seemed uh, in character. But, uh, yeah. Oh god, I'm going to jail for murdering a fucking librarian, aren't I? This creature is going to try and dodge out the way. So, I will roll the dodge roll first, which actually succeeds. So, for those first two, I need two more d10s. You basically get a penalty dice. Okay. Still a suggestion. Yep. So the first one is still a hit. Oh, and the second one is also a hit. That's a zero. So roll a d20 for the first shot. So that is abdomen. And then roll again, another d20. And that one is right arm. So you pump two bullets into the stone. You basically shatter the middle of its stomach. You almost blow the spine out the back. And the top half of its body just sort of flops backwards from the impact, and you've also blown off its right arm. He just basically shot straight through the arm, and it's come off. Cool. Jesus. 
Does it retain its demonic shape when it comes off? Yes, it does. Um, but what you realize, it's still clawing towards you, even though the right arm has completely come off. <sighs> it's clawing along the carpet uh, to try and get to you. Don't like. Katorian, you can see now that this thing, whatever the hell it is, is shooting it and destroying parts of it. It doesn't seem to be killing it. It just seems to be breaking it up into more pieces that are all coming at you. Uh, let's fucking go. Yeah. No, we should... We can't just leave this flying here. Yes, we can! Let's go! Are you kidding me? No, this isn't the discussion. We're blowing this thing to bits and they're all... It's like the zombie movies where the hands are... We need to shut it up in like a box or something. It's gonna hurt other people. When this is happening, you have absolutely no social responsibility at all. At least I don't. No. Okay, so you're just gonna run? I'm just gonna run. Okay, good stuff. In order to evade, you're gonna to have to make a you're going to have to dodge roll to try and get past it. And which yeah, might be definitely not best thing. Okay. Dodge. Yikes. Not good. <laughs> you faint one way, you swerve the other, but given that an arm is crawling its way towards you and the, the rest of the body is still lurching forwards, you're gonna get attacked by it if you try and get past that way. You're keeping your distance at the moment. I mean, you can try and burst through, but you will get attacked by it. I just grab my gun out, I guess, and try to keep my distance. Okay. Yeah. You make a lunge for the door, but this thing blocks your way and then you retreat back and pull the gun out. Right. Safina. I would like to take off my coat and try to put it over the arm that's crawling toward us and wrap it up and collect it. Excellent. I love that. I love that. So what is that? Like, how do I roll for that? I feel that's such a good idea that I don't want to penalize you. I mean, it is technically a fighting brawl roll, which you're really not good at. Okay. That's fine. I made it last time. I'll give you a bonus dice, though. It's called the purple? Yeah, hit the purple. No! Fail, fail, fail. Uh, it was a bad idea, apparently. God. Right, so you toss your jacket over it, and it just slithers out from underneath, and then it starts crawling over the top of the jacket to try and get to you. Yuck, 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 yuck. Okay. My nice coat. This is an ooky monster movie, man. So now there are two parts. Each part is going to attack. So the first part is going to attack Safina, the arm that she, that she was trying to to cover up. That, that is a hit, actually. So do you want to try and dodge out of the way? Oof, nope. Owie, 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 owie. Yeah, this thing grips you around the throat and the long, horrendously long fingers start digging into the flesh around your throat. You take three damage. Ow, my throat. Beautiful throat. I like that throat. <laughs> then the rest of the body comes lurching forwards and I think given that Eckhart, you were firing at it, it's going to attack you. Uh, okay. That's an extreme. In order to dodge, you would also need to get an extreme roll. Uh, well, I'm not going to succeed on that, but... You take the maximum damage, so you take three hit points of damage as well. I've got 31 hit points. That one fucking hand. Yeah, that is a strong hand. This thing is just continuing to scream. Maybe hear commotion outside as well as the sound of gunfire and screaming are drawing people towards this room. So, Eckhart, what do you want to do? Is it between us and the door? It's been blocking the way. If you want to get past it without taking a, an attack, you need to make a dodge roll. Otherwise, you can just risk running through and, and getting attacked once more. Yeah, I'm just gonna take the hit. 
Okay, all right, so you're gonna get an attack on you before you can do that. So you're running past the thing. Oh God, I'm rolling ridiculous. Jesus. Ooh. Yeah, so that's another extreme. You're not able to dodge, so you take another three damage, but you can shoot at it again. Do you want to aim at any particular part, or do you just want to empty your magazine into it? Yeah, I'm probably just firing. Do you want to fire three times? Yes. Okay. So you hit three times. You just blast this thing to pieces, basically. So your first one goes straight to the head, and just blows the head clean off the shoulders and as this happens your other two bullets also one goes into the right arm and the other one is in the abdomen again which basically just severs this i mean this thing has just been blown apart heads come off upper torso has been torn in half but the moment you fired into its head you suddenly saw the mutations and the transformation almost reversing the fingers started shortening again the tail started retracting into its body the screaming mouth started getting smaller and smaller and pop 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 the the eyes started kind of disappearing oh god now we're fucked and then the thing just lies still and dead on the floor as the shouting grows louder from outside the library the arm gripping you, uh, Safina, just loosens and then drops to the ground. And it becomes a regular arm. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. Okay, but we all have wounds, right? I don't. But we just fucking dismembered this librarian. I mean, we didn't dismember her. Like, I shot her with a gun and, like, yes, it blew her arm off. Yeah, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying, yeah. So, yes, you have just dispatched, well, what now looks like, um, just a innocent little old librarian whose arm and head are lying on the ground and you can hear shouting and the sound of running footsteps towards the room that you're in what are you gonna do get out of here just hide the evidence i'm not hiding the evidence i'm just going we don't have time are there okay are there any bookcases like you know how bookcases sometimes have like a cabinet underneath with doors do those exist or is it just bookcases in this room well, it's a sort of records room, so yeah, I'm sure there'd be cabinets. What, you want to stuff the body in a cabinet? Correct. No, we don't have time for that. We're just, we're just going. We're just getting the fuck out of here. And also, there's blood everywhere. And Yeah, we're just going. We're going. Okay, so you can make a group luck roll. Okay, so Safina has to make the luck roll. Extremely lucky. The extreme luck basically means that as you're running out, you're rounding the corner to get to the exit just as this group of office workers round the corner. So all they see is the back of you as you're running out. And they shout out, HALT! HALT! We're not stopping. But you're gone. And you bundle your way out of the Alfbau. Jail, dead, the loony bin. There are no good options here. So yeah, you bundle your way out of the Altbullin Neustadt house, the mystery building, and are disgorged onto the street. Um, and I guess you keep running to the car. My nice Alto, we're going to drive out of here as fast as possible. I don't know what to make of all of that, but twice now a person has turned into something horrific and then reverted to a human form afterwards. Before this week, I would have assumed that somebody had given us a strong dose of a, of a, of a uh, psychedelic compound. After this week, I really am not so sure. The question is whether they were already in that state before we got to them, or is something like following us and 
using people to attack us. It seems that some malign intellect is is out to hurt us because that was a librarian, the librarian that just happened to be the one that we asked to take us to the archive, and the maid girl that just happened to be attending the uh, princess at his party and would have had many opportunities to kill her if she so wanted. I feel like there's some malign intellect that is hindering us. Maybe they don't wish to kill us, maybe they're just trying to scare us, but... I wonder if we should try to go to a church or something. Or some... to get some kind of protection for ourselves. And for the people around us. I gave up having hope in such stuff in my, in my youth after my family was slaughtered, but I don't know. Maybe. Maybe there's some power in something. As your hands are gripping the wheel, Katorian, mm-hmm. the continued weight of these awful events is starting to wear down on you. And I will need you mm-hmm. to make a power roll. A power roll. Okay. Hopefully we don't have a driver, because that driver would probably turn into a demon also. Okay, so you hit a 40. You're starting to feel extremely uncomfortable, weirded out by the whole thing. You're not losing any sanity, but it's starting to possibly get to you in some way. I was getting into this with the idea of profit, and and now I'm, I'm, I'm regretting ever having been involved with this, ever having seen any of this. Too deep. I guess what I'm feeling right now is I feel like somehow we've been trapped like a bug in a jar like we can still fight to get out but we're in the jar how do you think whatever this entity that might be after us is first turned its sights on us do you think it was when we went to go find anastasia i think it was the fight at the cafe the first one yeah I think there's one person who can explain all of this to us. I think his name is Piotr Shervelsky Bork. we go talk to him? I think we go in, we say we have information for Prince Konstantinovich, and we make him tell us what he knows. Surprise him. What do we got to lose at this point? Our lives. The police and God knows what are already after us. If they catch us, we're as good as dead. Yes. We'll rot in prison for the rest of our lives if we even make it to trial before some horrible monster tears us apart. Or we go to the Baron with our suspicions about Shevelsky Bork, or, or, well, our confirm. we have evidence at this point. I have a better feeling about the Baron, about the Baron, than I do about Bork. I feel the same way, yeah. Okay, so we'll go and try to get his protection. He saw what happened at his place with the maid, right? So perhaps he'll believe us. Well, yeah, because then he fired the maid for attacking her. I don't know if he saw what we saw, but he saw that she tried to attack Anna. Right. Well, maybe we can convince him that the librarian attacked us, and we do have wounds to show. Okay, let's go there. Henry and E, could I ask you to to take your headphones off or to turn off the sound? Because I need to I need to tell something to Marco. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna be muted now, and I guess you wave at us if you want, if you want it back.
Centurion. Yes. That failed power roll. Mm-hmm. Something entered you. Oh, Lord. Yeah. When that librarian died. And here, the horrific realization that lasts for a few seconds until the point where you are now possessed. Mm. And what you are being possessed by is the spirit of Grossman. I had a feeling that was coming. So you are going to gradually become more and more... Grossman-like. Grossman-like. <laughs> I've just developed a taste for sausage, perhaps. Right now, you look just like yourself, but you will probably start to start looking a bit different, as you can imagine. First thing is, is I, I develop a taste for sausage, and then I start to become a more predatory guy. Mm, I think that is a very good way to characterize it. So let's rejoin them. Things will progress. Certainly. All right. Right. We're hey. back. Sent a screenshot. Marco looked stressed, and Andy was laughing. <laughs> right. Well, look, Katorian is 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 driving. He he does seem stressed, don't you, Katorian? Yeah, I feel stressed. I the day. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry and tired, all the way down to my foundation. Shall we go? Eat. Let's go eat. Or I'll eat. Are you paying? Of course. Great. I'm really hungry. There's a place that does a nice schnitzel just around the corner. Good schnitzel would be good. Schnitzel would be good. Good, nice, heavy German food. Uh, yes, I'm hungry too. Let's go. Schnitzel. Let's go have some good, nice, heavy German food and, and, a, and a beer to wash it down. Sounds good. You go to a brauerei, a brewery, pub restaurant type thing that is so typical of Berlin. Yeah. They have the schnitzels. They have they have these wonderful, um, well, maybe in the past they would have been wonderful, but they have these wonderful plates of mixed sausages that, mm-hmm. that are very popular. But given what you know about sausages, perhaps you don't feel like sausages right now. Um, or, or maybe you do. I don't know. What do you want to order, Safina? Schnitzel. The waiter comes around. Schnitzel. Schnitzel for you, sir, too? Sure. Yeah. And a dark beer, Dunkel? Yes. Liter? You look like you need a liter. Yeah. <laughs> and you, madame? A small glass of white wine? Sure. Somebody else is paying. Yeah, yeah. I have schnitzel. And I'll have rotkohl. Red cabbage. <laughs> yeah, with potatoes and I'll have a, I'll have a, I'll have a dark beer. I like how authentic this food ordering RP is going. <laughs> My mood is dark and I want dark beer. Okay. We have some very nice brats as well, sir. Would you like the brat first? I clench my teeth and I'm like, maybe not brat for us today. Just dark beer. Okay, so the food is all brought round. You tuck in. Katorian, mm-hmm. you are super hungry, of course. You're all sitting in the brewery, drinking your beers and eating your schnitzels. And Katorian has a huge plate of food deposited in front of him with red cabbage and potatoes. I start chowing down. I want to wash away today as I'm eating rather voraciously. Wow, you're hungry, huh? I'm a little bit bigger than average, more in the belly than in the, than in the stature. And, you know, stress eating is a thing. We've been there. Food is a comfort. Food is a comfort, particularly, particularly dark beer and meat. You finish your meal. It was delicious. 
now that your suspicions about Konstantinovich and Shabelsky Bork and all that have been have been confirmed, at least as far as you know, pretty much as far as as, as you know, you can make an education Katorian gets the extreme. You're sitting there like mopping your mouth, you know, the last drops of gravy and, and uh, red cabbage juice running down the side of your mouth as you mop it away. And it suddenly occurs to you, you know why you are suspicious. Konstantinovich, you, you now remember, he, he actually lives in Paris. That doesn't mean that he couldn't be here in Berlin, but he is well known for residing in Paris. Mm-hmm. Given what we already know more and more, I believe we're dealing with an imposter. And that would explain, well, it wouldn't explain everything, but that would explain why we are in our, our present predicament and that he may well be our adversary. So you head back to the Baron's apartments. What if he gets possessed because we're there, though? Oh, that would be horrible. Maybe let's, let's think about this a little bit more before we just go into his house. Because so far, anyone we've asked for help has turned into a demon and attacked us. It's always been someone random that we don't expect, though. It's never, it hasn't been the subject of our, of our inquiry. It's always been, you know, the dustman. So maybe we should just make sure he's with people this time also. Cover. I just don't want to meet with him alone because then we'll be the people who killed the Baron. Uh, <laughs> well, so far you've, you've done quite well covering up your tracks. Uh, your luck probably can't hold out indefinitely. So you head back to Savigny Platz where the Baron lives in, in his beautiful apartments. you head on up and elderly and elegant Kleist comes to greet you he says oh I've, I was not expecting to see you again uh, what is uh, what is uh, troubling you I you, you look like you have uh, uh, seen a ghost maybe sir I believe that Prince Konstantinovich is a sham we came to your house at the behest of what we were told was Prince Konstantinovich, but I am rather certain that he is a sham. And ever since then, there have been a series of unfortunate events that leads me to believe that he probably means Anna Tchaikovsky ill, and certainly us. And why would you say this, he says, stroking his beard? What has led you to believe that uh, the good name of Konstantinovich should be so besmirched? Well, for one thing, we have been attacked multiple times. We received payment from the man purporting to be Konstantinovich uh, in the form of a check drawn upon the account of a certain labor union. That seemed a bit odd that uh, the money would be drawn from a labor union given the prince's likely political affiliations. Uh, beyond that, our own Safina here had a certain feeling about this man. Well, we saw records of a man named uh, Pyotr Belsky Bork. That he owned this as a shell, a shell company. We asked you about this name uh, the last time we were here. Do you remember? You knew nothing of this, this Shabelsky Bork. 
but what we found was when we investigated the government and uh, looked up the records on this labor union, and we found the name Piotr Shabelsky Bork listed there along with the address at the Eden Hotel where the man purporting to be Konstantinovich has his residence. And, probably not coincidentally, as soon as we saw evidence of this, there was an attempt on our, all three of our lives, and we were lucky to escape. Mm. Similarly strange one to the one on Anna's life that took place here. Really? Yes, we were we were attacked by a uh, unassuming librarian. This is somewhat disturbing. Glad you agree. But I I tell you what, Doc, come inside. Um, come 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 within. Um, there are some people here, but um. Because you're in the entrance where you do hear, as before, there's always Russian dignitaries and various people. Maybe someone here can help address this matter. And he leads you in. And he says, no, you say Konstantinovich is this Shabelsky Borg, yeah? Yes. Yes. Well, maybe you can ask him yourself. And you look up. Oh God, is he going to transform? <laughs> and you realize that Konstantinovich... He was sitting in an armchair facing the fire, and then he stands up, and he looks over at you. And he says, Ah! My, uh, employees. How are things going? God, we're so dwarfed so hard. I'm thinking that you could clarify an awful lot for us, Herr Bork. Bork? Hmm. Why are you calling me this name, sir? That is your name, isn't it? Certainly not. I am uh, Prince Konstantinovich. I, I have never heard of this Bork that you mentioned. And what of the, the labor union? Yeah, it was Mr. Bork who paid us. He says um, the check was uh, from um, an organization that, that I am affiliated with. That is all. Mr. Bork must be known to you then. I may have come across him. Maybe he is a secretary or something. But um, I, I'm curious why you are so concerned about this. After all, you were paid handsomely. You accomplished your task. Everything is fine now. We are here. We are safe. I want to know why someone wants, wants us dead. I'm sorry, sir. Yes, someone wants us dead. Sinister. <laughs> oh, my God. Someone wants you dead. Well, there could be many reasons, couldn't there? Maybe you poke your nose into things that don't concern you. Do I see any, like, sharp objects or weapons or anything in the room? Like a fire poker or something? Mm. I'm going to start... Everyone's kind of fallen silence as they watch out this, mm. uh, this little drama play. There's a large number of people in this, in this apartment, in these apartments. It's a huge apartment. There are people uh, enjoying afternoon tea and, and talking about recent events. And there's how many people in it? Oh, there's probably couple of dozen people in all. This is the sort of epicenter of the Russian social... Right. This is where the monarchists come to... Oh, so we wandered into, like, a cocktail party and accuse... Oh my god, okay. Alright. Okay, so I'm gonna start edging toward a fire poker. Konstantinovich, or, or Shabelsky Borg, steps forward. He says, now my friends, why don't we be practical about this? Hmm? If I wanted you harmed, why on earth would I pay you money to find Anastasia? Shall we just say that my interests and the interests of the Baron, and your interests as well, have rather happily aligned? Can we not leave it at that and not 
go digging too far into the matter? I am not a nobleman, but I am not used to being anybody's pawn. Oh, Mr. Katorian, he says. In the end, we are all somebody's pawn, whether we know it or not. The last few times somebody has tried to make me their pawn, I have had my way with them. And when I am done with somebody who attempts to make use of me, they will wish that they were eaten for lunch. Oh, Katorian, he shudders, does this very extravagant shudder. Oh, Mr. Katorian, you, you, are, you could be quite uh, intimidating when you try. I... <laughs> what is it you want? More money? I wish to know why I am being hunted. I can assure you. And you, Eckhart, and you, Safina. I am not the one hunting you. You can all make a psychology roll at this point. Yes. That happens to be his favorite skill. Ooh, not good. Garbage. That is a thing I have. Hey, I succeeded. Do you want to spend luck on that, Katorian? Uh, yeah. You actually sense that he's telling the truth. That he is not your enemy. That he's not hunting you. He's up to something. He's not your enemy. You can sense that from him. He may be threatening you in some way, but he's threatening you perhaps to just stop you from finding out what he's really up to. Right. And then he leans forward a bit a bit closer and he says, So tell me, you were attacked, yes? Uh, yes. Twice. Twice. Well, once I heard this maid, a crazy woman. What was the other one? By... A person uh, who is evidently of no consequence. Well, then, this is a city full of thieves and robbers and vagabonds. Why would you think there is some plot? Very few people of no consequence would have any likelihood of taking my life. I agree. So, it's just one of the hazards of the game, yes? I don't know. It's not to be randomly attacked in the city archive. Hmm. Bolsheviks? Someone who doesn't want us alive. Only thing that we have in common is this job we performed for you. Exactly, because neither of these two interesting individuals were ever in my employ. He looks closely at you, Safina, and says, judging by your wounds, this was more of a crazy person attacking you, yes? No assassin scratches someone's neck like that. It would be a quick bullet to the back of the head. What makes you think this was planned? It's safe to say it might have been a crazy person. Well, in times like this, with these Lustmord and these insane people running about the streets of Berlin, I mean, one cannot tell. But look, shall we say, put this down to a business agreement? We don't need to believe in each other to do business, do we? In the end, coin is all that really matters, but I need to know who is hunting me. Well, I'm afraid I cannot help you. I know it is not me or my associates. Who can we ask about Shabelsky Bork, then? He says, sir, as I said, business is business. Mm. You performed the task for me, I paid you. Does it matter what my name is? Do you happen to have any associates who might know things about the supernatural or occult. Kind of his eyes narrow as he looks at you. He says, occult? Why would you ask that? Yes, like, 
demons and ghosts and, and the such. I'm afraid your, your friend here must have been unbalanced by the attack. Perhaps she needs to have a lie down. You see that he was surprised by that look in his eye when Safina mentioned the occult, and then you realize that he was just covering. He clearly has something to hide in that respect. I'm going to look him dead in the eye and say, I think you know something about the nature of the attack at the archives. I think you know was not simply a mugger or an assassin. I think you know exactly what we're talking about. Tell me I'm wrong, sir. Look me in the eye and tell me I speak false. I have simply no idea what you are talking about, sir. He looks very intently through his monocle at you. <laughs> and again, you can make another psychology roll. Done. He's telling the truth. So here's what you know. He definitely is disguising something about occult or supernatural things, but he does not know anything about the attack on you. That's what you've discerned from this conversation. I will nod and say, uh, I believe you. I'm very glad you do, sir. I apologize for any disrespect. However, I think you may also understand when I tell you that this attack at the archives was no simple assassination. Something inhabited this librarian. Really? Yes. Hmm. I'm a, my friends and I are targeted by whoever, whatever is capable of doing this, and we now have no chance but to, to get to the bottom of it, uh, to save our own skins. And I apologize for our directness and any disrespect, but you must understand our lives are on the line. We cannot simply let this go. The only thing connecting us three is this job we did for you. So I suspect those who seek to harm Miss Anna are behind it, and I confess we theorize that might be yourself. Why would I want to harm her? All I want is for her to be back on the throne. As you may have gleaned, we, uh, suspected you might be an imposter. Mm. We told as much to the Baron here. He trusts you, however, and apparently you've had ample opportunity, if you were such an imposter, to harm Miss Anna. So, mm. perhaps we should trust you as well. The Baron steps forward at this point. He says, my friends, my friends, this is getting us nowhere. We cannot be suspicious of each other. Whatever our true motives, we are on the same side. I am sure of this. I find it interesting that in a social club full of Russian monarchists, there would be a German nationalist. Yes, but I can tell you are perhaps not so familiar with politics, sir. I would hazard the guess. You perhaps are more used to direct action, no? I shrug. In politics, my, my friend, you do not seek out more enemies than you already have. You understand? Yes. Yes, I do. And far better to know those that would potentially oppose one than to not know them. Do you not agree? Yes. So, Killinger is a man we may or may not agree with, but he has a degree of influence, a degree of power. Mm -hmm. He has men. One should not turn one's nose up at this. Sure. It is getting late. Yeah. I think we've had enough interviews for one day. Do you not think? It's getting towards dusk. I tell them to come again to the cafe, sleep on it and see what you can think of, because I need a distraction. I can't think about this anymore today. And as you get out of Katorian's car, as he stands up maybe to open the door for you, you can both make a spot hidden roll. Oh, God. Stream, does he have a prehensile tail? As you get out of the cab, you can't help notice 
that Katorian's eyes seem to have got very small and very piggy. Pig-like. Poor sign. But maybe it was just the light. And you can't help but think what Anastasia cried out when she saw the travel. Those eyes. Those eyes. And I think we will have to leave it there. My God.